Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web in his size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there. Episode 127 for February 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. A spider example this month is for the first issue of Fear Itself, the new miniseries. It's Marvel's next big event and Spidey is involved as always. It's written by Matt Fraction and features Stuart Eminen, who just came off a run on Ultimate Spider-Man and the new Avengers title. The cover price for the book is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $0.99, cents, which is 75% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Okay, time to tackle the message board questions. First one out of the box, Venom Maniac. Aiming one towards Kevin. Since you're a big, uh, gonna be a big time actor, can you wow your fans by performing the role of Morbius as he gets devoured by vampire eating sharks? <laughs> I want to. I want to hear this. Uh, you know, I don't think I can up Brad's performance of that one on the last podcast. Really, let's. Face My it. God, that's funny. and Brad, did I do an impression? Brad, of that? you gave a, a great dramatic reading of that scene. Did I? Yes, you did. You got to go back and listen to it. I laughed out loud. Did um. Did you actually try to go find that back issue? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I would love to have that issue, though. <laughs> if anybody wants to send me a copy. My goodness. I, I, that's still one of the funniest questions we've ever got. By the way, speaking of, Kevin, that yeah. was our second call-in show of the year. I've been posting these old episodes up on the front page, and we did one for our 100th show for our call You rat bastard. I did not. I got two in on you <laughs> last year. So, man. You made me do two call-in shows. I'm sorry. Uh, question for Zach. See, Zach's not here. Bailey, if you had to take one of Batman's rogues and put him in the Spider-Man's rogues gallery, who would it be and why? This was a tough one, mm-hmm. mainly because it's not like you can say A is A, this Batman villain equals this Spider-Man villain. But uh, if I was really going to take one and put him in the Marvel Universe, I'd... Uh, this may sound silly. I put Bane in there. Yeah. Simply because Bane's main thing is that he's just very, very strong. And a full-on fight between the two, I don't know how his strength would compare to Spider-Man's, considering DC characters tend to be more powerful than Marvel characters on average. So, But, yeah, I'd, I'd put Bane in there and see what that uh, where that would right. go. By the way, we have to share with the listeners – uh, this is like hour three that we're recording this, and we're all eating something. So I, I have some Mountain Dew and Act Two buttered popcorn. What are, what are you eating, uh, Mr. Bailey? Uh, pizza rolls and Diet Dr. There you go. George, you snacking on some bacon? Uh, n- that'll come later. I'll, the bacon <laughs> rain will come later. Okay. I'll bake naked in that later. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go crazy. Oh, on it. No, right now I'm eating uh, David's sunflower seeds, jumbo stuff. Kevin, you munching on anything? Uh, that's a little personal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just I'm just having a Pepsi. I'm actually feeling a little hungry, but I don't have a snack in oh. front of me at the moment. Jr. Anything snacking on? 
No. no? Okay. Well, this next one's for you, Jr. What was New, uh, Norman Osborne's New Year's resolution? He also has a, a comment about a quote we made last podcast. So we'll answer the first one. What was your? What would Norman's New Year's resolution be? Get out of jail. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to get the hell out of prison and make them all pay. <laughs> Also, uh, he asks a bit about the discussion about the story from 647 about Harry Osborne acting out of character, and he said uh, that was Zeb Wells' point he wanted to get across, is that Harry, since Brand New Day, has developed to the point where he's distanced himself from his father and his influence, and he ironically become, has become just like his father, more than he cares to admit. So what do you think of that? Well, that's that's not the point. Um the the fight when he's beaten up on Vin and he's saying, see, not crazy, not crazy, see? Okay, that is him not only trying to prove tell others he's not crazy like his dad, he's also trying to convince himself he's not like his dad. So that's why he's doing that. That is, but unfortunately, like so many so many of us, we find out we're more like our fathers than we originally thought or or. or I'd hoped we weren't. Uh, no, the point, though, that Harry, when Harry said, I hardly think about my son for weeks at a time, that isn't, and, you know, I made an offhand comment that that was more like Norman than Harry, but I also said, well, that's not, wouldn't be really true either. That was a dumb comment that was thrown, must have been thrown in there to cover up the fact that everybody forgot that Harry had another son. And so, <laughs> oh, well, we'll just throw in that he doesn't think about him anymore. Uh, and, and it was a stupid comment. It was a stupid line. Uh, next one for George, provided that Zach can't make it. We all know that if you had to go into battle during riding on prehistoric awesomeness, you would let the great Stegron be your beast. But who would Steve Wacker pick? <laughs> okay, first off, that's wrong. Um, you don't ride Stegron. Stegron rides you. <laughs> Stegron's not your beast, you're Stegron's toy. Yeah. Alright? It's Stegron. All hell Stegron. Stegron. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steve Wacker would most likely pick one of the lame ass, uh, brand new verse villains like Overdrive or, uh, what's that, uh, what's that running and jumping chick that's on the internet? Uh, Deadpool? Screwball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd pick her. He'd ride her. Whatever. My, my god. On. Uh, Brad, any more fun creator interviews planned? Um, Still trying to get the uh, amazing friends back together from the 80s. Uh, Jerry Conway would be fun this year. Um, who else would be good? Anybody? Who would you guys like to see on the show? Uh, I would like to have J. Michael Straczynski on the podcast. Thank you very I've much. I've tried several times. Epic fail. Yeah, Marv I've Wolfman. been trying to. Marv Wolfman, okay. Yeah, Marv Wolfman. JR, who would you like? You know, I I hate to say I hate to say this, but I would almost like to actually talk to one of these people who writes Norman Osborn stories, like the chick who's currently yeah. writing him now, you know, inquisitor about well why'd you do this or that or you know or what you know and what and well what her insight into what she thinks the character is like. I, I you know that might be cool. Yeah, you'd have to be on with me on that one. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying because usually I don't I don't because yeah. I, you know I. Don't participate in those. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next person, Wade Wilson from over there. Uh, this one's to anybody. Which Marvel character would make the worst neighbor? We'll go around the bend. George, who would be a bad Marvel neighbor? Radioactive man. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you move in, you know, with all these hopes and dreams. Next, you know, the next day your hair's falling out and you're sterile. God. Uh, I, I, <laughs> That's the best answer ever. Uh, Mr. Bailey, who would make a bad Marvel neighbor? 
the blob. <laughs> Why? She'd be in the yard. He'd have a couple Trans Ams up on blocks. He is, he is pretty white dressed, isn't he? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, God. The Somebody just got the hairball. And he'd walk around naked all the time. It would just be... <laughs> You don't a ferret. <laughs> you know he, you know he don't a ferret. Come on. Because he liked watching Beastmaster. That's why he don't a ferret. He wouldn't just own a ferret. He'd breed him. He'd be that. Did we kill Brad? <laughs> and he wouldn't demunk them either. I, so that's I'm muted. That like. I'm, I was muted. You two hit. Are you right? hit out of the park on that one. My God, Kevin, bad Marvel neighbor. God, I can't top those two. <laughs> what are you trying to do to me, Brad? Make me look bad? Man, you're a writer. Pick one. <laughs> oh, cat. Would that be a good neighbor? That'd be a great neighbor. Some... Oh, you God. kidding me? I'm going to get a telescope in the window. Uh, you can see him from your couch. As bad, of course, Spider-Man would probably be a bad neighbor face. because his house gets destroyed every two issues. Yeah. <laughs> living next to Aunt May would be like, Jesus, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like one day the house is destroyed, the other day wow. there's ambulances coming for her heart attack, and then just rinse and repeat. Wow, Jr., you got a bad Marvel neighbor? Um, boy, I tell you, I, I I can't top those first two. Holy cow! Awesome, I mean, <laughs> but I, mean, I, I was going to say Doctor Doom, uh, because Doctor Doom's like the neighbor who keeps everything perfect in his yard, you know, and constantly complaining about the condition of yours, you know. <laughs> Complaining about your dog getting in his yard, complaining about the smoke from your uh, barbecue going into you know going into his yard, uh, and one day he just gets so sick of it that you come home one day and all your all your stuff's out in the in the street. Doctor Doom's sitting there in your house, and it's my house now. I just bought it and took it over. Uh, <laughs> Do you imagine how much of a prick Doom would be during the contest of who could do the best Christmas lights? I mean, uh, seriously, it would just. Yeah. What about the Hulk yeah. as a neighbor? He'd be bad, wouldn't he? The smell of your Cisco Bob's displeases Doom. <laughs> the Doom bots doing the nativity scene. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, God. good question. Little little baby Kristoff. Oh, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> he only pulls that on New Year's Eve. Uh, which hero would have made the most interesting villain, and vice versa? Because Spider Man has a villain costume, is what I've always read. That in the what Ditko designed him, he has a villain costume, but he's a hero. Anybody? Spider-Man would make Spider-Man and Daredevil would make great villains because their origins pretty much demand it. Yeah, T'Challa. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh God, Panther. yes. I wouldn't sleep at night if Black Panther was a bad guy. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, Richards. Reed Richards would be a frightening villain. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, it, it just. I mean, if you do, if he goes crazy. You know, I mean, who knows what the the consequences would be? I mean, he would be a very formidable opponent. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't with that Fantastic Four. Wouldn't he be Doctor Doom essentially? No, no, he'd actually be worse. Okay, uh, yeah, because he, he's smarter than time, me. And plus, he, he it's kind of a Civil War type thing where he would be doing things, thinking that he was trying to do that he was doing good things. Kind of like, but way overstepping. Kind of like Tony Stark did in Civil War. Right. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like well, even Reed was doing it in Civil War with those stupid clones. I mean, come yeah. on. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's why I, I can't stand Civil War is because it basically turned Reed into, into a murderer. Uh, last question out of Wade is uh, his buddy wanted to ask a question. I don't think it's directed at anyone. Why Why is it that so many geeks tend to go into theater? Because jocks are too busy playing football. 
You know what though? I there was a back when I was in high school, and I was in theater, and I was in high school, but I also played football. There were chicks in theater. Yeah, and, and there, yeah, there no were a doubt. lot of chicks in drama. And I and I tell you what, I mean they they weren't like uptight, stuck up chicks. They were cool. They were laid back. Uh, they liked to party. I mean, you know, there was there. You know, I I enjoyed the the drama club chicks. Yeah. And I say, when I was in high school and I was doing drama, if any jock would say anything about gay to me, like, okay, you go slap each other's asses. I'm gonna go hang out with some chicks. Yeah, have fun taking shower. Yeah, because well, I say this, but I was a football player. But I say, have fun taking showers with other dudes. I'm gonna go hang out with chicks. <laughs> exactly. One of us is gay. Both. <laughs> I had it all covered. Uh, Iron Patriot from the Philippines. Uh, let's see. The whole gang. What is your favorite Spider-Man cover of all time? Mine is Amazing 500 by J. Scott Campbell. George, what's your favorite cover? Hmm. Oh, God. Uh, probably. Which one was it where he's, you know, uh, it's the Ditko one, and, and, which is weird because I, I can't stand Ditko's. Well, I take that back. Ditko's not my favorite Spider-Man artist. But the one where... Uh, the defining moment, remember when, was it 35, like 30, 30, the one where like he's about, 31. he's about to get crushed by all this, you know, the one that every other, yeah. every other writer has tried to ape since then. 30 or 31. You know, when he's about to get crushed by everything and, he, and he's trapped under there. Uh, that's just always been iconic for me. Yeah. I've always liked that because to me that's Spider-Man. It's not giving up. It's persevering. It's keep going even, even when it's the hardest thing you could do. Right. And to, yeah, to me that's, that's probably my favorite. 33, come to think of it. I just looked it up. The final chapter. Either that, it was called. either that or Amazing Spider-Man Annual 3 where the Avengers <laughs> are closing in on Spider-Man and the Hulk and Spider-Man is just kicking the shit out of the Hulk like Hulk's got him wrapped up and Spider-Man's just hitting him in the face. That's a great issue. Yeah. Mine's probably, uh, I like Amazing 50 where he's walking away with Spider-Man in the, in the clouds or whatever. Um, I also like, uh, McFarlane's number one with all the spiders around and all the webs. I really like that one. 68. Yeah. What was 68? ASM 68, Crisis on Campus. Ooh, yeah. With the picketers? Spider-Man's across. Oh, I love that That's cover. That's a good one. Absolutely love that cover. You know, what's probably my favorite cover isn't a great issue necessarily, but uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man number 88. It was, the, it was a J.R. Jr. cover. I've talked about it on the podcast before. It was completely snowed out Ooh, yeah. uh, with Spider-Man standing there holding a pumpkin bomb in, the, in this white-out snow cover. It was just absolutely awesome. That's a good one. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, too. If you look, because especially since I've been buying and getting all these issues, you really couldn't touch Web of Spider-Man in the first, like, 15 issues as far as awesome covers. Just like all one is great. Yeah, the Charles Vest one. That was awesome. But, you know, like the number eight where he's hanging upside down in the black costume. Yep. Uh, a lot of burn, like the burn covers that, uh, like a, a spectacular 101 where it's just black and white. Yep. They use the negative space of the white to show Spider-Man. I like that golden. Oh, and of course, one of, that gold no- no, one of my personal favorites was, uh, Morbius pimp slapping six-armed Spidey <laughs> in his first appearance. <laughs> I love the gold, the, no- the gold notebook downstairs. one. Remember that one where he swings in front of the, the demolished building in the black suit and then the yeah. red suit? That's an awesome one. It's yeah, really yeah the web now, what is that? It's like Amazing 268 and... what? Web number six. And web six, that's right. The, the two, you know what's another... You know what, oh, I'm sorry, it's right, the, You put both of them together and it makes one image. I made a message board banner about it years ago. So... You know what's another yeah, good one? Make is, a lot uh, of awesome message board <coughs> manners. I just don't know where they come from. Yeah. 
there's a there's what was it? It's annual Amazing Spider-Man annual. Is it fifteen that has Doctor Octopus in it? Uh, uh thirteen. The um, number thirteen, the one where, where the, the ghost of the FBI agent that was killed comes back comes and uh, helps Spider-Man. Yeah, but it's like they're fighting in a construction zone. Yes, yes. Number, I, I believe that's like thirteen. A, I think it's like I think it's like a Keith Pollard cover. I want to say. Um, I love that cover. That's like. That for me has always been like the iconic Doctor Octopus cover because he's not like a tubby guy. Mm-hmm. He's actually, you know, he's got some tone to him and everything. But I mean, he's he's wrapping Spidey up. They're fighting, you know. He's got one. This is to me is how Doctor Octopus could get used. He's got one arm holding him up, two arms are holding Spidey, another one's grabbing a girder to hit him. With. <laughs> um, it's it's a just really I just love that. It's always been one of my favorite covers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Michael Perry White versus J. Jonah Jameson. Who would win? Suppose they adapt a Spider-Man origin to a movie or a Superman origin, either animated or live. Which should they do? I, I don't, okay, I don't first question, know what it means. Um, first question, I like Jameson, but Perry White comes from Suicide Slum, so he's kind of a scrapper. So I, I, I have a feeling he'd put Jameson down pretty hard like, right away into the fight. Uh, as far as what I would like to see in a Superman live-action or animated, animated live-action, do Superman Birthright. I would love to see that ad- uh, adapted into a film, um, animated or live-action. Okay. Kevin, any Kyle Rayner trades that you could recommend? Also, are you making an appearance on views from the long box this year? Uh, first question, there aren't a lot of Kyle Rayner trades out there, honestly. There is a trade of, oh god, they've got, which one was this? Emerald... Emerald, uh, Twilight, Twilight New Dawn, there's Baptism of Fire. Yeah, Emerald, Emerald Twilight Kyle. New Dawn is definitely, that was the, New Dawn was the origin of Kyle Rayner, and that is some great stuff. What are the other ones you were talking about, Bailey? Uh, there are, there's, uh, Baptism of Fire, which reprints like like 59, 66 to 67. Oh, nice. I didn't know about that one. Emerald Allies, which puts together some of the Green Lantern, Green Arrow team-ups. Cool. Uh, Emerald Knights, which was when Kyle went back in time and hung out with Hal Jordan. Uh, Yeah. And Judd Winnick's run is pretty much in trade paperback. A lot of these are out of print, but they're there. Yeah, I know the only one that I really tend to see around is uh, the Emerald Twilight New Dawn trade. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh my god. I just realized there's a Twilight book called New Dawn, isn't there? That's, that really hurts. Ouch. Um, so, not that. Iron Patriot, do not go out and buy the Twilight book called New Dawn. Buy a Green Lantern trade called Emerald Twilight slash New Dawn. Wow. Oh my god, that, oh. Uh, I don't mean, and there's a <clears throat> question there. That's fine. There, and I would uh, I would recommend the trades of Peter Tomasi's run on Green Lantern Corps, which co-starred Kyle Rayner. That was a pretty good run. Tomasi did a good job. Uh, second question, am I making an appearance on Views from the Long Box's 90s year? That's that's a question for Bailey. <laughs> I'll come on there whenever he wants me. Um, I was going to ask you to come on for the um, for the uh, first 12 issues of Kyle Rayner. So, uh, that's Damn, it. I'm there. So uh, I'm thinking of different people for different things. I still got to figure out something for Jr. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking you've already done your Midnight Suns episode a couple of years ago, so you're probably not going to redo that. <laughs> I don't know how much of the Punisher in the '90s you you read, Jr. Or if you not a whole up. lot. Yeah. Wait, Bailey does a podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, next question is aimed for me in an alternate universe where you love DC. Which character will you follow? Probably Batman. Always liked Batman. I used to collect all the Batman titles after the first movie came out, but uh, I just kind of lost interest. I, I had too much Marvel to follow. Uh, he also makes a comment, Iron Patriot does, about over the holidays I was able to catch up on the views from the long box and the Spidey Kick Butt articles, and I really enjoyed them. Sorry, Kevin, Zach, and Stella, I'm not reading John's books, Barbara Gordon, or Clones. I'll try someday. JR, do you have any articles that you're working on right now? Yes. Um, I've, I've, I've had two very major projects going on, and I've got in my life, and I've got one of them complete, and I'm working on the other one. Uh, that is, and work is really taking a lot out of me mentally. Um, but I actually have, I've been going back and listening to the old podcast to see how I rated some of these books, what grade I gave them, and some of the things I said. So one, I would be consistent, and two, I wouldn't be redundant. Um, so I am, I am, I mean, I, I have about 80, 80, pan, uh, 80 typed up pages of, of about half a dozen different articles. Holy um, crap. Yeah. I know. Uh, Release it. Release the hounds. I know. Like, <laughs> there's, one on, there's one on Spider-Man Rain, which is virtually ready to go already and has been for a while. Dude. Uh. There's one, there's one on, um, you know, the rest of the Peter, the, the end of the Peter David and, uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. That's almost done. Friendly and sensational, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I wind up. I may wind up just releasing stuff that's closest to completion instead of worrying about the order anymore. Yeah, do it. Or if something, or if something strikes my fancy, like maybe doing one on one moment in time. But I, I, mean, I hate uh, to make excuses, but I'm really, I'm really dealing with stuff right now. <laughs> so I, I and so we'd rather yeah. have something than nothing, Jr. So feel free. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Viper from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. For anyone with the appointment of Axel Alonso as the new Marvel editor-in-chief, do you see a brighter future and shift in editorial direction for Amazing Spider-Man going forward or more of the same? We pretty much all agree more of the same, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No surprises. JR, do you think that there's any real possibility of Roderick Kingsley ever returning in the future and reclaiming his rightful role of Hobgoblin from Phil Urich? Well, consider, you know, absolutely, there's always a possibility considering Norman Osborn came back from uh, getting a big hunk of metal <laughs> going right through his heart and, and Dr. and Dr. Octopus was clearly dead. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was meant to be dead. Uh, <laughs> and he came back too, uh, brought back to life by mystical ninjas. So, oh yeah, that, that know, old trick. Plus, plus Quentin <laughs> Beck committed suicide, you know, in front of Daredevil and uh, Daredevil can always tell when somebody's conning him. So how is Quentin Beck still alive? So, oh yeah, anything. And Jr. I mean George. Last month we were talking. You were talking about how you think Slot has an ace up the up that's the sleeve. What, that's what I got for defending. Slot. I know, yeah, and and he, and he pretty much came out on I forget what CBR or something. Yeah. And, he, and I and I had well I I had said on the podcast though I was like I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that that he's not being you know that he that he's not being short sighted enough to have this actually be Roderick Kingsley. Um, and sure enough, that's exactly what he did. It sounds like. Um, and if so, it'll just it'll get undone by a, by a completely different writer another day. Yeah. Roderick Kingsley's story's not over, regardless of what Dan Slott wants. So you think they could have brought back Roderick Kingsley and not made it? Well, so it, it, it's think think about it, Brad. I, and and you know, and this is going to be controversial. When people are going to talk about this or whatever, I don't give. I, I really don't care. This is not original. Big Time has ripped off the beginning of, of the of the Mackie Byrne reboot. It absolutely has. I'm sorry, it absolutely has. With the whole Tricor stuff, this is a rehash. 
Um, and all he's done is he's now he's rehashed the whole Kane Doctor Octopus thing between Phil and 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 uh, between Phil and, and Kingsley. Seriously, Dan Slott, do something original. Okay, George, which if any new Amazing Spider-Man supporting characters introduced during Big Time would you say are awesome? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> you got any? Dude, Big Time's what? Three issues? Four That's issues? That's true. You, I, I, really, I mean, the only the only people. I mean, who all have we met? We've met the new Tricor people. Who else? Well, you've got the smart chick who suspects he's Spider Man or something like that. Yeah, dude, she had stuff. She has a blog on the recap page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes her young and hip. <laughs> so George doesn't like any of the new characters. No, that they're all no. Okay, just no. Berserk Fury. Uh, Mike, thanks for pointing out the at the Fraggles are communists. What? The Fraggles are communists? <laughs> what the hell? Brad, come on. Brad. Yes, they are. Okay, Fine. Fraggle Rock is now on Hub, which is this, which, yes. which is what replaced Discovery Kids. Yes. And I'm sitting there, and Gobo's like freaking out about something, and Moki comes up behind him and says, "See, Gobo, this is the problem when people compete against each other." Oh yeah, ah. yeah. They were. It was total communism down there. Wow. So were the Smurfs, Brad. <laughs> Smurfs were the same way. They, they fear the Smurfs were led by a guy with a big bushy beard. Oh That's all Goodness. I'm gonna say. Wearing wearing red clothes. Anyway, yeah. Berserk can't watch the Fraggles anymore, you bastard. Um, so while I should be mad at you for ru- ruining part of my childhood, I do appreciate you uncovering the dirty truth about these filthy commie bastards. Also, oh yeah, do you read Invincible by Robert Kirkman? Uh, I've read one of the trades and I really enjoyed it. Nice. Is it like a modern take on Spider-Man? Is what I I've heard. It's, it's the Everyman character. It's more like he took Spider-Man and Superman and kind of put it together. Uh, yeah. uh, it, it's it was a good read. The trade I picked up happened to have an issue in it where it recounted the entire series up to that point. Nice. Uh, and it seemed pretty epic. So yeah, I love Invincible the book. has actually made an appearance in Marvel with that Marvel team up yes. issue mm-hmm. by yes, Kirkman. He did. Uh, George, is there anything at all going to change now that Alonzo is EIC, and how much influence do you think Yuseda still has? Um, nothing is going to change. Um, in fact, PR-wise, I think they're going to continue with the whole go-f-yourself, smash-mouth uh, mode of PR they've been doing for the last 10 years. Um, and I think Yuseda will still have a bunch of influence. I mean, this is I, I think the transition is going to go from like you know like Kim Il-sung to Kim Jong-il. I don't think it's going to be – it's like, you know, it's like – it's exactly here. You know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. Uh, let's see. Brad, since it's out of regular continuity, is there any chance you may pick up Superman Earth 1? It's only 20 bucks, and I highly recommend it. Probably not. I mean, I've got enough to read. But I hear it's good. Written by JMS, right, Kevin? Damn you like it? Yeah, and if uh, you have two and a half hours, you can hear me and Bailey go on and on and on about it. Wow. Uh, Kevin, what do you think about the Red Lanterns getting their own series? I'm excited. Are you going to pick it up, Kevin? Uh, of course I'll pick it up. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious. Seems like an odd choice. Um, the Red Lanterns don't have a lot of character, so I'm, I'm very curious how he's going to work that out. And Peter Milligan is an interesting choice of writer, too. I've, I've liked what I've read of his. Um, but he, he just kind of came out of left field for this for me. So I'm very curious. I just have no idea how this is going to go. JR, did you know the Fraggles were communists? <laughs> 
Well, see, uh, you're missing the point. You're missing the problem. The fraggles are misdirection. Okay, the real schemer and mastermind behind all the evil going on is Barney. Okay, so you, Barney, Barney, Barney is the Barney is the chief lord and master, and then his his number one enforcer is the bear in the big blue house. I mean, you don't want to make the bear. You don't want to make the bear in the big blue house mad. I mean, no one. You know, and then those where does, where does Dora fit into that? What's that? Where does Dora fit into uh, oh, that? Well, hang, hang on a second. Uh, I'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> so, and, then, and then you have Barney. He selected each of the Teletubbies to be his uh, military captains. And uh, anyway, Dora's the main squeeze of one of the Teletubbies. And uh, and then they're using the Wiggles as the foot soldiers. Oh my God. I mean, this is scary. Barney, you know, Barney is doing all of this, and he's the, he's he's he's. He's got you looking at the Fraggles, and you're so distracted by the Fraggles that you're not watching, you're not paying attention to the other evil he's got going. I'm telling you, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's happening. It's happening in your lifetime. <laughs> Damn, PBS. <laughs> also, Berserk is uh, starting college, so we're going to wish him luck on that. Yay! JPD out of New Jersey. For the whole group, the recent events in Shadowland got me thinking, how do you think it would affect Spider-Man if you ever can consciously killed one of his villains like Daredevil did. Well, I think it would depend on the situation. What what would be a situation that would be bad for him? If if the only way he could save an innocent life was to kill a villain, I think he would. He would feel bad about it his entire life, and he would never shut up with the guilt trip about it, and he would make living with him impossible, so he would never get married again. <laughs> but... I mean, I think it came to, if it came down to it in that kind of situation, or especially if it was like saving someone he loved, or getting rid of some complete fucking scumbag, pardon me, scum, scumbag like uh, Carnage. Yeah. Dude, seriously, what's he gonna do? Well, it always seems like Spider-Man happens to have somebody die in front of him. Well, well, I mean, he already remember that Red Skull story. What, what was that? <clears throat> that was an annual, wasn't it? What about the Red Skull? Well, he let the oh god, Jr. The foreigner. Yeah. Was it no. the foreigner? Are we talking about the no, parents' no, no. story? Yes, yes. And he, ASM and he, annual number five. Yeah. Is that and it? He let that guy get blown up by a rocket. Oh yeah, the uh, the in the car. It, it wasn't the, his name wasn't the fixer or or the finisher, but it was something like that. You yeah. Know? What was yeah. his name? Anyway, yeah. I mean, so Spider Man's. I mean, he's let people die before. I mean, so I. I think under the right circumstances, I don't think he'd go out of his way to do it. He wouldn't do it. You know, I don't have time for this, so I'm just going to cut, you know, Hobgoblin's head off. <laughs> but I, I think if it came down to it, he, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have a problem, especially if it, if it was something, someone he loved, or like if he's trying to save a school bus full of kids, or he can do that, or, you know, if the only way to, to do that is... Well, you know, in the first, suffocating the the first movie yeah. when the burglar falls out of the, the high-rise window... Yeah, but that's that's movie. Oh, okay, that's movie I mean, stuff. I, you, the movie. I mean, look at the first Batman movie. I mean, they killed off the Joker right off the bat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, other question so, is: Do you think Marvel could ever tell that type of story, or would it just irreversibly change the character forever? I, it depends on the story. It depends uh, entirely on the story. Um, I mean, they've already done that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> brand new. I mean, one more day. Brand new day completely did that. I mean, think about it. We had you know, brand new verse started. And people were pointing that out left and right. He's not. This is not. He's not the same character. He's not. You know, it was like they'd made him a completely different character. So it's already hell. It's already been done. Uh, for Jr. as a fellow Spider-Man and Star Trek fan, which would you say is geekier? 
Mm. Oh, my God. You have to ask my wife that question. She probably wouldn't. She'd probably tell you they're about the same. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It depends on how you define geekier. I mean, they're both uh, have their devoted fans who uh, who know all about their history and who quote various lines and other things. Uh, if you're looking at for some, if you're defining geekier as something that's a little more marginal or fringe, well, it's definitely Star Trek. Um, I mean, for one, you know, look how the Spider-Man movies performed as opposed to the Star Trek movies. I mean, until this last one, I mean, the Star, Star Trek movies weren't even busting a hundred million, except for you know a couple of them. Um, I mean, so Star Trek is definitely and 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 their international grosses for the Star Trek movie is just are, are just awful. So I would say that if you're defining that as you know geekier as more fringe. Uh, I would say it was Star Trek. I think Spider-Man's more accepted because you don't really see little kids walking around in Star Trek uniforms and playing well, with action when figures. You do, you think, when you do, you think they're weird. You see Spider-Man <laughs> and you go, hey, that's cool, that's Spider-Man. Yeah. You see Mr. Spock and it's like, oh boy, that guy's a nerd. <laughs> so, uh, also to Jer, what would you like to see them do with the Star Trek sequel? Well, nothing tied back to the original series, as much as I love the original series. I've heard that they're thinking of using a first-season character as the villain, either the Horda, the Talosians, Gary Mitchell, uh, Harry Mudd. Trelane. I think there's one. Trelane, yeah, yeah thank you. I don't want to. I don't want to see any of that. You know, I don't want to see any of that. I want to see something completely new. I don't want to see Khan, uh, for one, because I'm not no, sure anybody no. could top Ricardo Montalban. I mean, <laughs> how do you find another Ricardo Montalban? Um, I want. I don't want to. You know, I don't want any of the old characters making any kind of cameos. No Leonard Nimoy or no Shatner, for heaven's Aww. sake. Uh, just, just something totally new. I want Shatner. You know, um, recently there was an interview with one. Of, I think one of the writers. Um, or either the writers or, or producers of the new Star Trek stuff. And he mentioned Khan, and he goes, how do you not do Khan? And I was like, pretty easy. You don't do Khan. <laughs> you, you still, yeah. I'm sorry. I, anything that you try to do is going to be fail. They, they've mentioned that... Um for you know, they've mentioned that you know he's one of the toys in the sandbox, and he would be irresistible to play with, but they don't know if they want to do it right now. Um, I, but, but the thing is, if you did Khan again, you would have to do him... You know, he would have to be an Indian. You know, I mean, he, he was a, the character was a Sikh Indian. So he'd have to be an Indian. Uh, and he'd have to be a very charismatic person. Uh, yeah. and I, I, I saw a guy actually on an old, or, uh, an episode of Law and Order SUV. He was playing some guy who was a fraud investigator <clears throat> who was working with, uh, the two lead, the Stabler and uh, Olivia, and I thought, oh man, you know, he had an English accent. He was dark. I said, man, that guy's kind of swell. That guy is kind of cool. I could see that guy being con. But then, as he walked away, he was shorter than Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> and I said, no, nope, nope, can't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wrath of Khan. So, Star Trek Two is too iconic. I don't think they can, they can do it, Jr. Well, yeah, I think I, the biggest problem too is that the whole reason the Wrath of Khan worked was because of the episode Space Seed, and you can't have. You can't do all that and have the years in between in one new movie. Yeah, yeah, that rivalry's gone now. Yeah, you'd have to do Space Seed first, and I mean, yeah, that's what made it so personal because Kirk found him and you know exiled him. But it would be, I mean, but, but I mean, my geek geekiness would go into overdrive if like, after the second movie, uh, you know, they played all the creds, did all the songs or whatever, and then all of a sudden a scene came up of a Klingon ship going through space and, you know, sort of, <clears throat> you know, we found another ship and they go down and they, they or they look at a close-up of it and it says USS or it says Botany Bay. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> if they did that, I would I would absolutely geek out. Yep. But really, I, 
until you come up with another Montalban, I'm not so sure you ought to touch Khan. I would really like to see that guy from SVU play Khan. I really like the guy in that episode. Navin yeah, I know exactly. Like, I like that. Wow. I liked his character. I really, I, yeah, so, I did. So him with lifts? <laughs> some, well, Since you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, something. I mean, he has to be physically <laughs> impressive. I mean, come, part of the fun of watching Kirk and Khan fight, like in that first episode, is because Khan, you know, was so arrogant and big, and he had his hand on his side, you know. It's like, you know, daring Kirk to come kick his ass, you know, and, and you know, smacking him around going, I have five times your strength. And then, of course, you know, Shatner gets him. But, yeah, he just, it's, it, that, they, those are big shoes to fill. And we ought to see Chris yeah, Pine I... do the jump kick like Shatner used to do in the old episodes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Mr. Bailey, I'd like to hear your thoughts on a question a few months back when you were out. Who do you think is the most popular superhero of all time? Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Iron Man, or someone else? I had to put a lot of thought into this question. Yeah. Because uh, when I listened to that episode, I have... Because never before wanted to be <clears throat> on the episode more Because I think if I remember correctly, I said Spider-Man. Yes, of course. and to a large extent, I, I, I agree with you that Spider-Man is extremely popular. <clears throat> and I know everyone's expecting, well, Bailey's going to say Superman. But here is why I say Superman. Superman, just in being around longer. Mm-hmm has an edge. But I was really thinking about it because I'm like, well, in the last 10 years, Spider-Man's had three films and they have all done very well, both stateside and internationally. Uh, you know, and Superman had the one film, but then I was like, well, what about Smallville and how popular that is uh, internationally as well? And when you look at the two characters, they're kind of neck and neck. You know, they both have had successful feature films where the third film people didn't like as much. You know, they both have animated series. They both had live-action series, though Superman was a little more successful in that. Um, you know, they, they've both been merchandised, and they're really and, and truly should be the flagship characters of their particular companies. They're not right now, and that's kind of sad, especially with Marvel and Spider-Man. Um it, it kind of made me sad this week when they introduced when they released the image of uh, the DC universe. You know, the DC. You know, we're all going. You know, drawing the line at two ninety nine, and who's front and center? Green Lantern. And I know Kevin likes Green Lantern, but it hurt <laughs> me deep on a personal level that Superman was kind of. And Spider Man's not the flagship of Marvel. Who is? <laughs> They're not treating him like the flagship. Okay, that's the problem. They, you know, are, they, they let out that list of the architects of the Marvel Universe, and Dan Slott was not one of them. So what does that exactly. tell you about Spider-Man's flagship stats? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he's writing ASM. He should be in on, you know, where the universe is going. But no, it's, it's a Casada Bendis world, and everyone else is just kind of living in it. So I'm going to say Superman by a safety, basically that he is the most popular. With Spider-Man being a close second, and then you have, you know, Batman yeah. rounding up third. How about if you compare, because Superman has 30 years on Spider-Man, right? Yes. What if you compare 1930 to 1960, and compare 60 to 90? Compare their first 30 years. Who wins? Okay, so Superman had a popular radio series. My dog's about to bark, so I warn everybody yeah. about that. <laughs> um 
Superman had a very popular radio series. He had a popular series of animated shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two film serials. So pretty much within the first tw- uh, 11 years of his existence, he was in the three biggest marketed, uh, you know, forms of entertainment for the pop, uh, for the population. Mm-hmm. In the fifties, he had the George Reeves series, which was insanely popular. I mean, that, that went through generations of kids came up learning about Superman through him. Yeah. And then in the sixties, he had the, uh, a filmation animated <clears throat> series on CBS and a somewhat questionable Broadway show. Well, they both had animated so you, series right out of their bats. Like the, in the mid-60s, yeah. Spider-Man had a show. and he, yeah, Spider-Man had that. He had a, had a live-action show in the 70s, and he, which did, uh, a short yeah, lived, didn't last very show. long. <laughs> um, it, however, I think it would it's fair to say it's a little easier to do Superman visually in the television medium than it is Spider-Man, as witnessed by the damn Broadway play. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it was easier to fake George Reeves flying yeah. when they put him on a glass table <clears throat> and just rush past things when you have the guy climbing up the side of the building where his hands and feet aren't even touching. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, you know, I look at, you know, in terms of popularity, uh, you know, I edge out on Superman, one, because I'm a Superman fan, mm-hmm. and two, just because of his longevity. But two, I really look at both of them as the same for their universe. They're not the same characters. But, you know, okay, name any other superhero besides Superman and Spider-Man that had a float in the Macy's Parade. Exactly. And I'm not talking about, like, Underdog or somebody like that. I'm talking comic book superhero. I don't remember a Superman float, though. There was one in the 40s. Okay. Uh, very, very ugly, and there was one for a long time of him flying forward, and they retired it. I forget hmm. which year they did, I, but I, he I, had I, it. Doesn't Popeye count on this? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Popeye, Popeye's been in comic book form before. He's had, yeah, he was uh, a comic strip character. And, he was, and I believe he was afloat in the parade. He was, yes. Okay, so Popeye, <laughs> who stole a comic strip. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to Proto-Goblin. Uh, I think they were expecting a fight there. No, no, I, I, I think, I, I, I think there's arguments on either side of it. I mean, it's yeah. not like S- Superman and Wolverine. I mean, it, yeah. it, I mean, I, I'll even go with Superman on that argument, but, uh, Super, Superman is way more recognized around the world than Spider-Man is. I, I would disagree in this day and age, but, uh, Kevin, what is your favorite Morbius story? I think it's that what if where he got eaten by sharks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, see, this is the biggest difference between me and Bailey. You ask Bailey a question, he says, oh, this one took me a long time to think about, and I really considered this one thoughtfully. Me, I'm just now hearing this question, and I'm about to talk out my ass. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just off the top of my head, damn it, um, I don't want this to be definitive in any way. There was, I tell you what's, uh, it's, it's not a choice, but a story I really liked in Morbius the Living Vampire, uh, was, I think, issues four and five, where he fought a villain called the Basilisk. Um, the Basilisk was this sort of dragon-like monster that, uh, ripped out of the skin of some weirdo. Um, but it was just, there was something about that one, and I couldn't even hardly nail it down, that was just stylistically really well done. Like, even down to there was a, a scene I loved where they crashed into some nightclub, 
Uh, well, nightclub makes it sound like a 30s place with a lounge lizard singing. Let's just call it a club. Uh, and the the lyrics of what the band was playing played into the fight. And it's just one of those things that could really fall on his face was done really well. So I, it's not like the, the deepest character story or anything, but I just remember really, really loving that story. It was just a two-part. Look the artwork on those uh, first or, Morbius stories. Was it Garney? Uh, it was Ron Wagner. Wagner, that's right. And he did an incredible job. And Lynn Kaminsky was the writer on, I think, the first eight, which is sad that uh, it only lasted that long. But his run was, was mostly just incredible. He did an amazing job writing that series. Yeah. Uh, JR, this question hails back to one of my favorite periods of Spider-Man, the pre-reboot post-clone saga days. My question is, what would you think of the Spider-Man hunt and Identity Crisis crossovers from that t- period? And would you like to see Spider ever use those identities from Identity Crisis again? Personally, I think Ricochet and Dusk have potential for undercover work, but what are your thoughts? Now, he doesn't need to be other characters. Uh, he can be other cost, you know, he could have other costumes, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, different costume for a different villain. But no, there's no reason for him to adopt a, another identity. I, and besides, hell, I don't want to buy the amazing Ricochet or the amazing <laughs> Dusk or whatever. I want to buy the ama- I want to buy the amazing Spider-Man. And so I want my hero to be, even if he's in a different costume, I want my hero to be Spider-Man. And if, so. if you haven't read it, Proto Goblin, that, uh, Slinger's, short-lived series was really, really good. I, I liked it. I thought it was canceled really uh, too early. Uh, Michael Bailey, sum up Maximum Carnage in one word. <laughs> this ought to be good. Unread. Unread. I haven't read it yet. I have it. It's it's sitting right right here. And uh, when I get to 1993, I will be reading it. My word. Well, then just uh, for yucks, can I redirect that question to George? Hit it, George. <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> I bet you Kevin's is going to be ass. <laughs> well, that was now, here's here's the thing, and and this is remember when I covered it in uh, Spidey Friday Night right. Fights. It was a giant summer movie. It was badly written, but it looked cool, and there was cool shit happening and lots of explosions. It was a big summer movie or a popcorn. It was movie. like so, Spider-Man right. Armageddon. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was Michael Bay does Spider-Man. <laughs> George, all right, George, you get a phone call one day stating that you are now the president of Marvel's animation division. Before you even get the chance to ask them what the hell they were smoking down there when they came up with this, they tell you they want to launch a new Spider-Man cartoon with hopes of at least seven seasons, and as the president, you are in charge of the entire adaption. So basically, if you're in charge of making your own Spider-Man show, how would you do it, and what would you your overall plan be for the series as far as arcs and character development? All right, um... I would I would base my model more on the Bruce Tim Paul Dini model, and I would have all of the you know all the characters in roles that they're that they're supposed to be in, um, and actually have them look closer to how they're going to be. That's why I didn't like the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. And here comes Greg XB with the voodoo doll. Um, <laughs> you know there were there were so many characters that were changed unnecessarily. <laughs> that was awesome. And, you know, all for the sake of diversity. Well, we need, you know, there's too many white people in here. Well, let's make this person this person or this color. We'll make this person that color. Suddenly it's like it's like the united colors of Benetton. You know, it's like the rainbow of Benetton or whatever for or some sort of diversity squad in Spider-Man. And I'm like, dude, there are plenty of other characters you can work into the story to have diversity. You don't need to change anybody. If you want a black dude in the comic, bring in Randy for crying out loud. Randy hasn't even, you know, been done 
all that often at, at all. I don't think in a in a cartoon. Well, it's a, didn't he, wasn't he in Spectacular finally? Yes, he, he was yeah. a football player. You know, yeah, exactly. Bring and in, he's bring getting in, done now by Nora. But um, bring in bring in Randy. Um, bring in Hector. Remember the White Tiger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there are people in there that you can bring in for diversity. You don't need to go around changing everybody around from what they are. Um, again, Greg XB throwing darts at my picture on a dartboard right now. <laughs> Um, but I would I would follow the Bruce Tim Paul Dini model. I would I would keep them looking the way they're supposed to look. I wouldn't have the vulture look like some sort of jackass monarch ripoff from uh, Venture Brothers. <laughs> you know, I I I would have them look like they were supposed to look. And and I got into this with somebody the other day about the vulture because um, you know they said well the vulture's so stupid and I'm like the vulture is as stupid as whoever's writing the vulture. If somebody wants to take an old man who wears a bird suit. And make and and try to and and do it correctly and turn that into something creepy. That can easily be done, you know. Yeah. But but, it's, <laughs> but you know it's it's going to be the strength is in the writing. And so I mean to back all this up, I'm going to bring in people who actually understand the characters and don't try to shoehorn them into something that they're not. So there you okay. go. Uh let's see his other question. I was scrolling forward to see how many more we have. Uh, BD. What's your favorite Spider-Man crossover of all time? Secret Wars. I mean, that's just, I have a very fun childhood memory of buying the action figures, reading the story, wondering yeah. when he was getting the black suit, if he ever would get the red suit back. Uh, it's alive? What? It's, 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 it's making him go out in the middle of the night and he doesn't even know about it? Anyway, just one of my... That was high drama in 1984, <clears throat> boy. Tell you what, man, I loved it. I was in the fourth grade reading Spider-Man. Yeah. That probably clinched it for me for being a lifelong fan. Uh, Donna Mark from Nashville, Tennessee. Let's drop all the pretenses and hash it out right here. To the fellows, what's your opinion of the sexiest female comic book character and why? Uh, JR, who's the sexiest female character? Ask me in 25 years and I'll tell you Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, who do you like? My God, did you really pick uh, Aunt May? <laughs> no, I didn't. I had another answer, but it was I just figured I'd throw in a, a humor God. line. Who's your other answer? Well, I grew up in the 70s, and I know this is kind of cliche, but growing up in the 70s and watching Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, I mean, I just had a thing for Linda Carter. And uh, the only time I've considered buying a, a picture, you know, getting a picture of a female from a comic book is Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. And I put it back and I said, uh, no, my wife would not like yeah. this at all. Uh, but that's that's... I would have to say you that. Wanted to tie you up and make you tell the truth. Uh, no, actually, I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather tie her up and make her t- and make her tell me how- what she. Oh likes. my goodness! God bless Kevin. Who's the sexiest Good. female character? Hell, hell. Uh, I love it. <laughs> there are images I do not need in my head. Um, I'm, I'm trying to pretend. I'm trying to pretend I didn't actually hear any of that. So. <laughs> Uh, okay. We saw a little more of uh, Jr.'s uh, personality than I think anybody was really. <laughs> well, remember early on in the pod, <laughs> early on in the podcast, I actually said something about to Jr. Like, tell us about what gets you going or something. Remember, like that early on, we there was some kind of offhanded comment that we were talking about stuff at the top of the. <laughs> oh, yeah, whether sure. or not whether or not Felicia turned me, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah and I was like, Jr., what turns you on? And then Jr. <laughs> takes the ball and runs with it uh, several hours later. And now yeah, I like to crawl into right a hole and die. Oh. Right for the perversions of forty-five-year-old men. Kevin, who do you oh. like? Who's sexy? Uh, uh, well, I have a weakness for redheads, so for me, it's pretty much between Mary Jane and Babs Gordon. Okay. 
Uh, Bailey, Lois Lane do it for you? A little bit. I mean, I, I married a brunette, so, nope. you know, there's that. But if I'm really going to go, it, it's not so much the red power hair. Power Girl. You like Power Girl, don't you? No, because no? I'm not into big cans. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to go with Barbara Gordon because the sexy librarian. Isn't she in a wheelchair? Doesn't matter. Oh, Jesus right. Christ, Brad! I'm so sorry. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. In all honesty, that that's kind of why I was uncomfortable with Sarah Palin possibly becoming the vice president because I didn't want to be sexually attracted to this vice president of the United oh, States, yeah. considering who has previously filled that role. <laughs> so. Uh, no, seriously, the, the 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 glasses and the and, and all that 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 yeah. I, I bet you keep me keep me after George. Who who's yours? <laughs> Conservative, sexy yourself. Who is that? <laughs> uh, Catwoman. Really? She ever? I bet she, yeah, and, she, she and it's not because. Bad? No, and that's is he? That's exactly why. Oh my! Because because her. They've never had to, well, except during the Ballant days. But I mean, even then, Ballant drew her in the skin tight outfit with just like what a, a triple F cans. I don't know, it was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, back before his tarot days. Um, anyway, oh, my goodness. But no, I mean, when she's done and she's done right, like, and I'm talking about like Darwin Cook, and even back in the Silver Age, yeah. um, the character is is sexy for all the right reasons. She doesn't have to like show you, oh, hey, look, here's my here's my tits. <laughs> She's like, I'm in your head. I'm luring it on my sleeve. I'm manipulative. I'm greedy, and I will straight up lie to your face. But you're gonna want me. Wow. And I mean, she just wears it like a. I mean, she's got it written on her on her forehead, and she dares you. She dares you not to give a shit about it. And you can't. And that's what I like about the character. I like the confidence. I like the sassiness, the sexiness, and it. And none of it has to be overt. You don't have to have a milk bath with her because she's already got class in space. Wow. Uh, My other recommendation for the month is to Google image search Jim Ballant Catwoman. Very nice. Uh, (laughs) God almighty. My goodness. Uh, And Thomas Mattis, thank you. Hang hang on, though. Bailey. Bailey. Hang on a minute. Bailey and Kevin, you can back me up on this, right? I mean, you're, you're, well, maybe, I know Bailey can, maybe not Kevin, but Bailey, am I wrong here? No, you're you're not wrong at all. I think the the sexy women who are sexy and characters who are sexy, it is never the Pamela Anderson, uh, you know, in your face sexiness that is that is what makes it. That's just pure titillation. No pun intended there. All right. Sexy <laughs> is all about attitude. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all about personality. And it's all about what you don't freaking see. I, I think, because my answer is Mary Jane and Black Cat. I think Mary Jane fits your Catwoman category, and I think uh, Black Cat is just in your face. Black Cat should fit the, the Catwoman category, because, well... Then, then she'd be a copy. Anyway, uh, let's see. You mean she wasn't? No, she, she is a copy, <laughs> but she'd be even more of a copy. Uh, to the gang, has there been any amount, any moment in media interpretations of comic book characters, Spider-Man or otherwise, where you thought they acted out a character? I'll answer this one real quick. Uh, Spider-Man 2, he loses his powers, sees two guys jumping a dude in the alley, and he walks away. That was one of the only problems I had with Spider-Man 2. Anybody else? 
Uh, I thought the George Clooney Batman was pretty horrendous. Um, I mean, I actually <clears throat> like George Looney as George Looney. George Clooney. <laughs> I, I actually, when I heard that George Clooney was going to be Batman, I said, yeah, yeah, I can get Me it. Too. You know, I mean, I can see him. I can see him as Bruce Wayne. You know, suave, sophisticated. You know, but then Batman just had all these awful lines, and yeah. uh, no, so I would say off the top of my head, that's the worst it, interpretation. It's an easy joke to make, but the two Captain America films from 1979, that wasn't Captain America. Captain America is Steve Rogers, who is just aching to do good and risks his life to serve his country, and it just so happens that it works. He's not some freaking bohunk beach bum who just got out of the Marines and wants to cruise up and down the California coast in his freaking rape-me van, <laughs> you know, just, just <laughs> hanging out, not worrying about checking in on Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> dude, did you see that, man? Wow. Um, I guess uh, no, I haven't since the 70s. Freaking, uh, wow. You know, he eventually becomes a superhero, but it's only after he's basically forced into the role, and that's not Captain America in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Wombat, 909, his location is behind... Wait a minute, Brad. Yeah. Brad, you didn't ask me. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jeez, what am I dead to you all of a sudden? What, what was the question? Who's the sexiest... Oh, the worst interpretation. No! Has, through the gang, has there been My any bad. media interpretation? Wow, you totally glossed over I apologize, Bacon. Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. My goodness. Uh, no. Um, Batman, the first Batman, the first Tim Burton Batman movie. Yeah. The minute Batman grabs a Joker and says, "I'm gonna kill you," I always had a problem with that. Kev, you got one. And then the fact that Batman actually wanted to kill him and had machine guns on the Batmobile. Yeah, like, I couldn't stand that. Kevin, Jerry, you got one. Uh, we talked. I talked about mine. Oh, I'm sorry. George just. I'm fell sorry. Off. I don't know where the hell we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to Wombats. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll be quiet from now on when you skip over me and forget me completely. Guess what? I'm going to edit this out. Not nah, never. <laughs> if you had the option of going back in time to the year 2000 and potentially changing the past to make it so that Joe Quesada was never editor-in-chief, would you take it? Uh, that means that the spider marriage would still be going strong, but any other accomplishments he had, like the ultimate line, the max titles, renumbering comics like Amazing and Avengers, back to the original numbering, and more would be gone. Would you take the opportunity to change history, or would you let... I don't know that that's an accomplishment. Would you let time flow naturally? I, I don't really see the ultimate line as being his. That was more genius yeah. than yeah, Casada. Uh, and there's no guarantee that the spider marriage would still be around if Casada isn't. If some other yeah. editor in chief got a bug up his ass to get rid of the to get rid of the marriage, it would have got, been gotten rid of. Uh, I don't know if it would have been done so in so clumsy a manner. But uh, I, first, I, I, personally, I think he has more positives than he does negatives. But it's just me. What, like renumbering comics? Well, I, I like that they. I'm I, sorry, I, that's been one of the most asinine things I've ever heard of in my I life. I like that they've gone back to the original numbering. Yeah, but Brad, they go back to the original numbering and then they just reboot it all over again. They're about to do it with what? Fantastic. Well, they do that because it sells, and they. Yeah, well, it's 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 ridiculous. They come up with a new gimmick. Polybag it. Ah. I used to do that in college. Uh, why aren't you watching Supernatural? It's <laughs> awesome and incredibly underrated. Anybody watching Supernatural? I don't stick around after Smallville. For I've I've watched it. I've watched like the first season and part of the second season, but I'm waiting until everything's done and I can just sit down and watch it all in one go. Yep. Uh, it's a good show. Heartburn from Alberta, Canada. Brad, since I believe you're still reading Ultimate Spider-Man, what are your thoughts so far on the death of Spider-Man? 
No real opinion. Um, I the only thing I like that I've heard about it is Mark Bagley is coming back, which is is I think is the only thing that could possibly save the book. I'm really not enjoying the title at the moment. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on fear itself? By now, we all know what Morbius fears, which is sharks. <laughs> sharks! <laughs> that is going to be an ongoing joke. Kevin, what do you think of oh, fear itself? You going to pick it up? Uh, uh, no, I'm Amazing Spider-Man and X-Factor are the only Marvel I'm buying. I so don't care. I mean, even when, uh, in it. when I was reading about... Even when I was reading about this thing, I I didn't feel like, man, I'm sorry, I dropped Marvel Comics. I uh, would like to pick that up. I really don't care. There's nothing about it that sounds interesting to me. I'm, I hope they advertise it better soon because I haven't seen a hook for this yet. But they give it Dracula. You love Dracula. And they all... That is not Dracula. It's not. Look at that fucker. That is not Dracula. <laughs> God. <laughs> He's just got a new suit. <laughs> All right, God dang. Uh, Bailey, Superman titles you could recommend. So far, I'm only reading Superman Earth 1. It's pretty good. You're, you're not picking up any uh, Superman, are you? No, um, not currently. I haven't done so for about six, seven months now. Uh, if you're looking for trades, uh, Man of Steel, Volume 1. Uh, if, you're, if, if you're enjoying Earth 1 and want to see Origins, Man of Steel, uh, Volume 1, uh, Birthright, um, Secret Origin, even to a certain extent, I would recommend uh, just try to read through the first two issues as fast as you possibly can because they made me nearly hate the series. Mm. Uh, and, and really, if if you want to invest in kind of an epic Superman story that Superman isn't in for most of, I would I would pick up the you know Death uh, Death of Superman, World Without Superman, and Return. Um, Is Superman back in his own books yet? He's in Superman. Okay. He's going to be in Action 900, from what I understand. Hmm. It's just crazy. Uh, JR, if you could visit Norman Osborn in his cell, what would you tell him? What the key is hidden in the uh, cave? Down, <laughs> no, no oh, down the corridor, second door on the left, I'll distract the guard. <laughs> Let him out. <laughs> Did you get your uh, goblin tattoos in the mail yet? No. Well, not yet. I'm going to have to get Bertoni on that. Uh, George, you and Crazy Carly Cooper in our room. Brad and Kevin stand outside to make sure no one else enters. Two people go in, one person comes out. Who leaves and what the heck happened in the room? I would explain to Carly Cooper that she's really just a forced editorial mandate and doesn't actually exist. Um, she would cease to exist, but she would go into a pocket dimension where Mary Sue characters go and she would reign as their queen. <laughs> then Kevin and Brad would escort me back to a planet as awesome as Steve Wacker thinks I think I am um, on a battleship made out of bacon. Oh, wow. Lady Spider from Themescra? What is that? Themyscira, Brad. You know, we go through this like Learn every you, month. Where is that? Learn you some Wonder Woman. Themyscira Paradise is Island. Paradise Island. Oh from Wonder Woman. Is that where yeah, everybody way, takes a milk bath? I'm going to tattoo uh, it on your head. Uh, <laughs> Barbara Gordon Barbara Gordon as sexy. I present Lady Spider's avatar. My goodness. That looks like Mary Jane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the bath. With glasses in a wheelchair. Yeah. Are you guys ever going to have another great debate? Remember the one between Kevin and uh, Zach? That Spider Girl. That yeah, was a good one. Intense. They still talk about that one. Yeah, tell me what else I can <clears throat> thump Zach on. <laughs> Get going. What uh, type of music do you crazy kids like to listen to when you're not doing the podcast? 
Um, I listen to film scores. I listen to They Might Be Giants. I listen to Garth Brooks. I listen to Meatloaf. I listen to musicals. JR recommended uh, some music uh, a couple podcasts ago. What was that greatest hits CD you had? Pat Pat Benatar. There you go. Hell yeah. There you go. I tell you what I've been listening to over and over and over again for like a week and a half since I discovered it, and it's like a two-year-old CD, but uh, a band called Rise Against, uh, album's called Appeal to Reason, really good album. Uh, I'm, I'm a rock fan myself, I go all the way from your harder rock to your lower acoustic stuff, but pretty much everything I like is within rock, but... Yeah, check out that Rise Against. That's a really good album. One of my fa- well, my all-time favorite '80s group is uh, Huey Lewis and the News, and they just released a new album called Soulsville, where they cover old Stax Records soul albums and stuff like that. It's really good. You should pick that up. George, anything from you? I I stopped listening to music like in the last year and a half. I seriously like I only listen like if I'm driving now. I'm usually listening to. Like, uh, usually podcasts of some kind or another. I listen to a lot of paranormal podcasts now, like about ghosts and UFOs and crap like that. Hmm. Just because it's fun. I mean, just to, <laughs> just to hear those people talk sometimes, it's, it's, right. it's just a charge. My- but, uh, um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't listen to music anymore. Michael, what do you think of the recent changes in the Batman book since Bruce's return? This is where I feel really bad, Lady Spider, because I have not been, I have not read Batman since right after, two months after Grant Morrison took over the title after Infinite Crisis. Uh, I, I just, it didn't appeal to me. Uh, I see a lot of people liking it, and maybe one day I'll go catch up and trade uh, on that stuff, because I really want to read the Paul Dini Detective Comics run. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> th- this Batman just doesn't do a whole lot for me, so... TNR 105 from the Outer Rim. To everyone, uh, if someone were to produce a crawlspace blockbuster film, who would you cast to play each other? I would like to lock in Clint Eastwood as JR. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> Anybody, feel free to throw some out. We go, we're going to get an 80-year-old to play like a 40-year-old yeah. something dude. If anybody can do it, it's Clint. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what is the name of the actor? He was in Superbad as kind of the kind of pudgy, overweight guy. Jonah Hill? Yeah, that's probably who would play him. Oh, <laughs> you're selling yourself short there, Bailey. Um, that dude just keeps getting fatter and fatter and fatter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even Seth Rogen can like drop a few pounds oh, for a film. Poor <laughs> uh, <laughs> bastard! He, all of his earnings for movies going to bacon. Now we got to get Tom Selleck to play George, of course. That's just oh, that'd, that'd be awesome. You know, you know, I want Vince Vaughn to gain like uh, like fifty pounds and play me, grow a beard and play me. That's that's why I'd want to play me. Uh, uh, <laughs> Brad, I know your top two heroes are Spidey and Hulk. So have you read Bullet Points, where Banner becomes Spidey and Peter becomes Hulk? Yes, it's written by J. Michael Straczynski. It was okay. I liked it. I read it years ago. Um, it was okay. Mike, what is the biggest super dickery Superman moment you can recall from the experience? <laughs> The character. <laughs> From my experience with the character. Uh, Ridicory, Doc. My, my, my favorite two ones that, uh, of when I wasn't reading is there's a Lois Lane cover where he, they're both out in space and he pulls the air vent on her spacesuit. He says it's the perfect murder. And the other where he's standing in front of Aquaman in the <laughs> desert and he's pouring water out on the ground. <laughs> um See, Superman hasn't really been a, a, a big 
prick uh, all that much in my experience with the character. There's never been a point where I was like, God, he was just a, just an ass clown there. <laughs> Uh, so I really don't have an answer for this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kevin, do you think that the conflicts that Crawl Space has had with the TPTB, what does that mean? TP, the, the powers, powers that oh, be. at Marvel, have hurt your chances. They're on, they're on Themyscira. I really thought it was trade paperback. <laughs> or how, or however it was you said. Oh, I, I thought it was trade paperback. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, anyway, the, uh, if George would shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh my god, line of the of the year. Oh god. I love you too, Bruce. Uh, do you think that the conflicts Crawl Space has had with the powers of be at Marvel will have hurt your chances of ever writing Spidey? If so, do you have any regrets? Have you had a few? Too few to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ever would be a strong word. Um, certainly not getting a job there under this regime, I'll take it that much. <laughs> but, but no, I don't have any regrets. Yeah. Uh, JR, that was a long way to get no, I don't have any regrets. <laughs> <laughs> JR, I know you haven't... Yes. <laughs> Spider-Man. So if Green Goblin were to be featured in the Ultimate Inspired Movie Series, how would you react to a roided out goblin? God, that would be a Hulk goblin. That'd be awful. A Bane yeah, goblin? Uh, well, it would be awful I mean, because it misses the basic point. The monster is Norman Osborn. Not anything he turns into. It's Norman himself. So, And it sounds like they just screwed the pooch with the musical with Norman, too. He's a southern gentleman. Gets yeah. deformed. Yeah. Uh, George, at this time I write this, it's the month to the day until Turn Off the Dark officially opens. How long do you think it will last? Now reviews have come out, and what do you think would have happened before they finally put it out of its misery? You think it's gonna, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna last as long, uh, or uh, as long as it takes before somebody gets killed. Oh wow. And then, and then I think you're gonna have every actor in New York try to band together and say, we're not going to work on this, and then they're going to bring in scabs. I don't really think that's going to happen. Okay. But seriously, I, I think somebody's going to get gravely injured or killed on it. Because, you know, it, it, it's different when Cirque du Soleil or, you know, any of these stunt groups to go around doing, like, the arena events do this crap. It's another thing when Broadway people try to do mm -hmm. it. And, and, and I think that's why we've been seeing so many accidents. And you know, The universe does not want this show to happen. <laughs> and usually the universe gets its way. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, I think somebody's going to wind up getting really, really hurt or either killed. I'm waiting for the actors to come up together and do like a We Are the World song against the musical. I think that would be freaking I, awesome. I love the video I put on the front page of the Good Morning America interview and the CG below the actor that was injured. It's, it said Spider-Man Survivor. I just think that was I just, I loved the, uh, I love the Conan O'Brien Spider-Man oh, yeah. musical. That was awesome. <laughs> Persian Spider from Iran, Tehran. See, I can read that name, George. Uh, <laughs> everyone. Yay, you're such a big boy. Oh, ah. <laughs> Which one of Spider-Man's villains could be gay? <laughs> the ones that haven't kissed girls. <laughs> Hip gay? Shocker. Any, seriously, literally, any of them that we haven't seen making out with a chick. Yeah, Shocker. I, I, has anyone ever seen Shocker making out with somebody like a chick? What about, what about Roderick Kingsley? He's a fashion designer. Could be gay. <laughs> there you go. You know what? Roderick King probably is gay. I bet she is. Roger, no, no. He's not? No. Roger, Roger Stern explicitly stated that he was not gay. Okay. 
He uh, wore an ascot. Well, <laughs> well, that 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 may have been Daniel. You know, I mean, it could have been Daniel. Uh, but no, he, uh, no, uh, Stern said he was not gay. He was supposed to be Fay, F-E-Y, but, Faye? uh, you know. Metrosexual. He's and, gay. Come on. I, I, I love Kingsley. I love, Kingsley's one of my favorite villains. Come on. Kingsley's gotta be gay. <laughs> to Brad, Kingsley's gotta love dudes. To Brad. He is a fashion designer and he wore an ass, he wore an ass cot. There you go. <laughs> Well, so did Fred Jones, but he had a hard on for Daphne. Wow. I mean, come on. Did you uh, did you ever see him put it put the screws to Daphne, Jr.? <laughs> well, well, why do you think why do you think he and Daphne always you know always sent Scooby and Shaggy away to get in trouble? You know, I mean, so that they can talk was... about Fred's feelings and, and and closet space for crying out loud. Fred was gay. <laughs> Daphne, oh does this do these? Does this shirt go with these pants? I don't know, Freddie. We're alone. Uh, maybe we should be making out or something like that. I don't know. That seems like an awfully big step. Oh, hey, listen. The Broadway Musical's on. How did you come up with the name Spider-Man Crawl Space for your site? Because GeorgeBearmanSucks.com was taken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I echo her question. The sad thing is that GeorgeBreamanSucks.com will now be taken by someone. Oh, yes. Steve Wacker. I'm going to have to go register that now so that somebody else can't have it. Thanks, Brad. The crawl space came from, if you look in the original Spider-Man adjective letter page that Todd McFarlane did, it was called crawl space. And when I put the site together, I scanned that image and um, took the Spider-Man logo and that and put them together. I just thought Crawl Space sounded like a fun place to hang out. <gasps> Boy, were you wrong. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> JR, how did you come up with the name <laughs> Spidey Kicks Butt for your site? Uh, actually, it's partly George Berriman's In fault. Um, <laughs> uh, but, 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 if you if you want to know my origin story, Persian Spider, go read the Mr. Negative miniseries. Um how did I come up with the name? Um, actually, the um, I originally had a website. It was going to be several different topics. It was Spider-Man's classic Star Trek, the Chicago Cubs, and whatever else I felt commenting on. Um, but you know, and I had cute little titles for each section. You know, classic Trek rocks, Spidey kicks butt, and you know, being a Cub fan is killing me or something like that. You know, Dirty but babies. yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, and, and so I, when I was getting people to link to me, I got the superhero hype to link to me. They called the site Spidey Kicks Butt. And, oh, geez. And they linked to the Spider-Man section, not the, uh, my, my front page. And then when George and Alex Hamby asked me to join Hero Realm, um, they, that's pretty well what they called my column. Yeah. And, yeah. um, so basically that then became the name of the site. So, you know, I was being partially facetious, but not 100% facetious when I said it's partly George's fault. But what the heck, it's a unique name. I like do you, it. Do you wish it was called the Mad Goblins? What would it used to be called, the Mad Goblins? It was originally called the Mad Goblins Ward, yeah. you know, which means something only to me. No, I yeah. mean, but Spidey kicks butt, you know, you see that and you go, I have got, you, yeah. you go, what the hell is that? i got to see that. <laughs> at, at one point I tried to get him to change the name to uh, Spider-Man Rocks Your Lame Ass, but it would <laughs> <laughs> To Kevin, why is it that the stories in which Spidey travels abroad don't work? 
Uh, it's not that they can't work, but I think such a big part of the fabric of Spider-Man stories is New York. Yeah. Uh, when you take him out of that setting, a lot of people just can't really pull it off. Um, and even it's not even always just abroad, but like I've seen stories of Spider-Man going to the uh, going to the West Coast that just don't feel right, and a lot of it's just so much of that feel of Spider-Man is New York. Yeah. Uh, to Jr., how different do you think that the Spider-Man universe would have been if Ditko had uh, decided to keep uh, to stay with Amazing Spider-Man after issue 100, or until issue yeah. 100? I'm sorry. Man, Persian Spider, I wish you'd asked this question a lot earlier so we could all have a crack at it because it's a pretty good question. But the thing is, you have to assume that Stan Lee was either stop right, would stop writing Spider-Man or take a much less involved role in it because the two of them couldn't get along. Um, so, but assuming that, and assuming that Ditko had more creative control, I think you would have seen Spider-Man start to reflect uh, Ditko's sensibilities like this Anne Ryan stuff. You would see him be defined right and wrong as black and white. You'd see no moral gray to him whatsoever. You'd probably have to suffer through a whole lot of self-righteous speeches. Uh, and it, it would just... It, 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 it was... It, I, I read an article once, and I think it sums it up perfectly. Spider-Man, as far as artists, Spider-Man could not have been drawn originally by anyone except Steve Ditko. However, he couldn't have been as popular as he was if not drawn by John Romita. And I think that that pretty well says it. I pretty much agree with that. I don't think he'd be as popular. I like that the Ditko Spidey hated the hippies. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think you would have seen seen a lot more of that. And I think ultimately the character would have been out of sync. I mean, we talk about being out of sync with the target audience. I mean, Steve Ditko, you know, was, you know, mouthing that character. It would really, well, it'd be out of sync with the rest of the human race. Barrel Jumper uh, from Michigan. He has a Donkey Kong avatar. Uh, we'll aim this one at, because Mario jumps barrels in that game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, to Bailey, we're going to aim this one to Bailey instead of the gang so we can speed this up a little bit. What was the, a time in your life where you read a comic and said, this was one of the best comics I've ever read, and what was the issue? It doesn't have to be Spidey, but uh, how old were you at the time? You're muted. Mr. Bailey, you there? It's like he's talking about his, like Jor-El. No. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Neil. Um, Neil before Zod. I'll have to... Incredible Hulk number 293 when I was around eight or nine years old. That book was just awesome. Uh, it was one of the first comics that I ever really got. And I just loved it so much because it had everything I wanted in a Hulk book. What happened in that one? And... That was the one where the guy tries to kill Bruce Banner at the airport, and he turns into the Hulk, and it turns out that the Hulk had trashed the guy's housing development. Mm, yeah. And uh, this is when Bruce Banner was in control of the Hulk's uh, body, and he rebuilt it at the, he rebuilt the the housing development at the end to make up for it. But he started having the nightmares from um, Nightmare. Yeah. And it was where he was fighting the Fantastic Four, and the cover has the Hulk punching the thing, and chunks of rock are coming off of him. It was just really solid book. Yep. Wasn't that when he was living at that base with that one chick? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Catherine Kate Waynesboro. Wayne, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. came back recently. So. Yes, and now she's got the old power yeah. from Planet Sakar yeah. or Sakuk. Sakuk. Sakuk, I agree. <laughs> Extreme Spider, uh, let's see, to each... If each of you guys were a Beatles song, what song would it be? Feel free, anybody. 
What would you like? Help. I need some money. I have absolutely no me, idea. That's a Bertone Me neither. Question. I think that is a Bertone question. Yeah. JR, you be mean Mr. Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I've never even heard. Well, I might, I might be a Maxwell Silverhammer or Eleanor Rigby. What, what would Kevin and Bailey and I be? You, you sound like Magneto Entertainium Man. Wow. That's an actual, that's an actual song. Well, wait a minute. That's not a Beatles song, though. That's that's Wings. That doesn't count. <laughs> um, I don't know I don't either. I, Kevin might be Penny Lane because it's about a writer. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Paper, Brad, paperback novel. You you might be um, paperback might, writer. Oh, I only have to correct you because Bertoni will kill us if we don't. <laughs> oh yeah, the song is paperback writer. I'm right. sorry, it's not Penny Lane. Um, but uh, no, Brad, you might be um. You might be oh what's the what's the crazy ass one? I am the walrus. There you go. Cuckoo You're the walrus. Cuckoo yeah. What's Bailey? Um Octopus's Garden. Because okay. Bailey gets because Bailey likes to get ha <laughs> we, we know I don't I get back Oh up. my god. I just, I just wanted to throw that out. We know that Brad gets upset when uh, someone doesn't hyphenate Spider Man. What are the rest of your pet peeves when it comes to Spider Man and the comics in general? Um, don't call them floppies, or I'll punch you. Oh, gosh, you. yeah. <laughs> um, that bothers the, the living crap out of me. Um, a cover date is not a release date. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Right. So do not say Avengers number one came out in September 1963, because it was probably two to four months before that. I don't know why that is such a big pet peeve of mine, <laughs> but it is it has grown exponentially over the past four years. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, it kind of drives me crazy when people call things that aren't actually graphic novels graphic novels just to sound like they're not reading comic books. <laughs> like, there are graphic, graphic novels, but there are also trade paperbacks, and it's a freaking comic book. JR, anything you get annoyed at? No. no. George? Yeah, um, Kevin touched on one of them, graphic novels. Yeah. I, I, I hate the term graphic novel. I can just call them comic books. Um, but aside from that, uh, I hate it when the mainstream press covers anything related to the comics or comic book industry because they always get shit wrong. Yeah. And it drives me up the wall and it makes me want to like, you know, just grab a reporter and yank their head off. Well, feel your one thing in the news that I don't like is whenever they do a comic book related story or something like that, they always use the sound effects from the old Batman show like they haven't up like bang, bang, boom, comic shop gets robbed or something like that. I hate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who in the panel about their love for comics? Huh? Who in the panel about their love for comics and how did it affect you in high school? I don't understand. I don't speak any English. I think there are a few words missing, yeah. so we can know what that question okay. is. Should, should we move on? B dog. It gave me a bigger so. vocabulary in, high, in junior high and high school. I had a, a larger vocabulary because I read comics. So comics made me smarter back back in the day. B dog from Canada, our good buddy. Uh, Brad, what games do you play online, if any? And have you beat Red Dead Redemption? Have not. I haven't picked up Red Dead in a while. I've been playing Uncharted Two, which is kicking all sorts of ass. One of the best video games I've ever played. Uh, online, not really. I don't really play online with people. I, I play Bejeweled, and does that count on my phone? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Uh, Kevin, hey, I got my colors in. Where is Crawlspace Annual Number One? Well, uh, you got your colors in about a week ago, and I just got my computer 
<laughs> set up for the internet at home again yesterday, <laughs> so I just saw them. But honestly, I've had this move and the school thing going on, and I've it's not written yet. I, I'd love to tell you when, but I don't have Microsoft Word on this computer yet, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to work on it, but God knows. I, I appreciate people still being interested in it, but I have no idea when that's going to be able to come out. Uh, to all, is the new costume gimmick in comics getting old? Yes. No. God, yes. No. Well, um, I I'm not sure why it would be getting old now as opposed to before. I don't see it. It was. I mean, Spider-Man's going through a bunch of new costumes now, but it's not like everybody and their brother is getting a new costume right now. I mean, look at the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Everybody was getting new costumes. Yeah, I remember in like 87 or whatever, Captain America had one. Even the Hulk turned gray. Uh, Iron Man turned red and silver. Spider-Man had a black suit. It's it's an old trick. If you're if you're not yeah, but boss, those were good. <laughs> if your if your name is not Janet Van Dyne, then I don't want to see you in a new costume unless you've got like a new power suit. <laughs> uh, George, how did you come up with the Fight Club forum game? It is Kevin and Spidey Dude's fault. Um, <laughs> that, that one time we did uh, Crawl Space Podcast Appreciation Month, and I and I let you guys pick uh, who you wanted to have uh, fight one another. Um, Spidey Dude and Zach, I think Spidey Dude or. Um, Spidey Dude and Zach, Spidey Dude and Kevin. Spidey Dude chose, I think Luke Cage and, and Kevin yeah. chose Multiple Man. And that to me was like one of the craziest, <laughs> you know, most, just, just <laughs> the smartest, most interesting things I'd ever heard. And I was like, dude, what would happen if we just start letting people come up with their own stuff? Yeah, it's fun. And, uh, and so that's, th- that, that's what ultimately gave me the idea to, uh, to do the, uh, fight. I'm ball, even, the new friend that's pretty awesome. I know I'm that. even getting addicted to it. I, I, it was that. It was that. Yeah, you're, you've been actually participating and actually visiting the, the threads. I, 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 we we got Shag in there. Bailey, did you know Shag's in there now? No, it doesn't surprise me. I, I actually won my most recent <laughs> If he can fight. pimp himself, he'll be there. He lost. Oh, well, it was for a Firestorm fight. Are you surprised? Cosmic Spidey spanked Firestorm, by the way. He didn't spank him. He beat him by two votes. Now, what were you saying? I was saying, saying my, my James Bond beat the hell out Sean Connery. James Bond beat Bane. He hasn't He hasn't beat Bane yet. That I, fight's I thought over. the fight was it, over. Is it so? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Hey, Brad, you kicked my ass. What? what uh, Mary Jane. Uh, Lois Lane beats Mary Jane. What, was it the? What, what fight? There. Oh boy, that, I thought that was going to be. What fight did I beat you on? What was that again? Was it Predator? T'Challa. Oh, it's T'Challa. T'Challa beat, uh, beat Lady Shiva, which is a bunch of bullshit. No, it's not. It's T'Challa all the way. Uh, Dude. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. That's why I said, if you know anything about DC, I, I said on the last podcast or last month, I said, if you know anything about DC, you know that T'Challa didn't have a chance, but T'Challa still won. Uh, Brad, you seem to like Booster Gold. He's appearing on Smallville, so you finally learned his, his origin. I'm like three episodes behind. Has he been on already? No, not yet. Uh, that's going to be Jeff John's episode. It's number 17, so a couple. it'll be at least several weeks still. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Web Century from England to everyone. Don't know if you shall be mentioning this during the show. What? Are each foe your thoughts on the crossover event? Any of you looking forward to Fraction? Fear itself. Anybody going to buy it besides myself? No, I don't, I don't really care. Nope. Okay. Uh, listen to all your comments in the past episodes. I get the impression you don't like manga and its style. Uh, let's. If nope. not, how? I just don't dig it. Sorry. Art is. I, I don't have a problem with people liking it or thinking it's a it's a cool medium or anything. I was just I don't 
I've never been able to really follow it. I read Akira. I, th- I thought Akira was very well done, but I mean, I, I look at Akira and it's like the exception. Most of the times that artwork, I can't tell. If you were to put any random page from one manga up against any other random page from another manga, I couldn't tell if they were from different books. Kevin, have you ever considered trying to write for other media instead of comics, like maybe like a novel, or does it have to be comics because of your love for them? Well, comics are the the main love, but I've definitely looked at novels and such, and I would. There are a couple things I would like to write as novels. So uh, no, I'm not. I'm not rigid, and that's the only thing I would ever want to write. But they are the first love. Uh, another question to Kevin: Do you think Marvel should bring back the Midnight Suns title? I I agree. They should. That'd be a perfect place uh, for Ghost Rider. Yeah, I think it would be nice to. One thing I've said before when asked if there are anything I would I would like to write myself, I would like to write an actual Midnight Suns team book, which has actually never been done before. Uh, and cool. I think that would do really well right now. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, if, with the whole craze going on with all that stuff, you'd think now would be a time to push some things like Blade and Morbius, but they don't seem to be trying. And, well, Blade, Blade and Morbius have very little to do with like Edward. <laughs> Yeah, but it's something to you get know, the foot. I mean, you know, somebody just if if vampires are big, when, whenever there's some big vampire thing, it's like all vampire stuff gets big, and uh, just about any kind of vampire stuff will sell a little bit better. You know, I actually uh, thought the X Men with Blade and the vampires wasn't bad. Have you read it, Kev? No, um, I got the first couple of issues of that mm-hmm. before I just dropped the Marvel stuff, but I haven't gotten around to reading them yet. That's pretty good. I've got a gigantic stack of Marvel stuff that I never did get around to reading, which was part of the reason I realized I should just go ahead and drop it. I, I think the Midnight Suns was a really good run. I, I liked the Night Stalkers. I liked Blade. I mean, um, Morbius, et cetera. Morbius, yeah. Morbius and the Night Stalkers uh, and Ghost Rider. Yeah, all that a, stuff was good. It's just Darkhold sucks so bad. <laughs> uh, JR, do you ever get... Irritated regarding Spider-Man, considering you've been reading for so long. Same for Bailey and Brad, if you have an opinion. Like when people get into Spidey from other media, such as movies, but just refuse to pick up the comics because of the stigma that comes from reading comics. I have a long list of things that irritate me, and that is not anywhere near. <laughs> okay. Uh, George, why are you pro-Stagron? Because only people that suck are anti-Stagron. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you love him so much? Is he just a fixture? There's a well reason. Dude, he is a, just a fixture <laughs> he is a in your dinosaur childhood. man. He's a dinosaur man, Brad. I know. I know. I know. No, no, no. You don't know, son, because you haven't asked. Or was it about Stegron? Hello, it's right there. He is half man, half fucking dinosaur, Brad. Oh, goodness, oh my goodness. Half man. I'll say half man, half dinosaur. Yes, yes. I know. I, I mean, he just doesn't get much respect. Why is that? He gets plenty of respect from me, maybe not so much from fools. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> who don't know, you know who don't know the time. Uh Brad, what would you do if Ava develops a disdain for Spider Man Marvel yet develops a love for oh, DC? Oh, oh, oh. Will you brainwash her by oh. strapping her to a chair and making her watch flash images of Spidey until she succumbs? No, I could probably watch some DC animated stuff with her. I just get the I think she. I think what they're basically asking Brad is, what if she goes, Spider-Man sucks, and my DC comics are better than your Marvel comics? I mean, is it on? I mean, is it is that when you kick in the door and go, not in my house? Oh yeah, Brad, that's gonna happen. The minute like she wants to go out with a boy when she's like 13 or yeah. something, and you're like, no, you're too young. Out comes the Spider-Man sucks. She will go oh, God. Right, for your, right for your heart. Oh no, she will go right where you live. Oh, oh. yeah, well Spider-Man sucks, and, 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 he, and he might be gay. And then I just start melting like the witch, <laughs> the witch in Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. 
And then immediately, all your, you know, next thing you know, you're just walking down the street wondering whenever it all went wrong. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Exactly. Uh, last question from Insane Johnny in Ireland. Uh, he meant to do this last month, but dinner came up. Oh, man. So, that was painful. <laughs> that's been a long dinner. No, it sounds like he's throwing that, up. I think, I think that's what happened. Remember, he was, he called in. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is Johnny. Okay, gotcha. I think, like, he was talking, and then, like, his mom came in and was like, yeah, you need to go eat. And he was like, and he didn't have time to say goodbye. I'm out. Hey, man, this this is getting cold. Uh, do any, my vittles is gone. (laughs) I got bacon. It's getting cold. Do any of you think that the psychic blind spot will ever be addressed? It's the only fallout (laughs) from one more day not to be discussed yet, and recent issues have given the impression that it's gone and not coming back. Well, they addressed it in that Fantastic Four thing that Slot did, but I don't think it's been addressed since. I think Slot's too busy trying to get a laugh out of every freaking character in the comic book um, to ever address it. I get the impression Slot realized just how much of a burden that was and decided maybe they won't notice if I just forget about it. Yeah, because comic fans are known for forgetting about it. Exactly. Jer, Jer, what's your two cents about that psychic (laughs) blind spot? I don't care. Yeah. Uh, last one. We're four, we're, we're, four, we're four going on four hours into yeah. this, and <laughs> we're, we don't get, we don't get into crafts. Uh, Brad, thoughts on Deadpool <laughs> Max? I uh, have not read it. Um, there's so much Deadpool that I'm really bothered. Anybody notice the Superman riff they did with Deadpool recently on no. the, in the ad for this issue of ASM? Uh uh-uh. oh. <clears throat> that Deadpool ad? Oh, where he's oh he's doing the uh, Infinite Crisis. No, oh, the it, that's, a, that's a Bronze Age issue. It's it's during the uh, whole Kryptonite Nevermore storyline in the in the early seventies, where Superman is holding newspapers and telling everybody that they're ungrateful. Hmm. No, I didn't. I, didn't I was catch really it. amused by that ad. Huh. I didn't catch it. And nobody else knew that it was a Superman <laughs> image. <laughs> Bailey, gonna have to find that image. I had no clue. <laughs> And that'll wrap up this latest show. Before I go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. They're still accepting February orders. And a Spider Spotlight book on their great prices is on the second issue of the Venom Ongoing series. The cover price is a takeoff of Amazing Spider-Man 300, only this time Venom's packing some heat in a black ops-looking suit. The cover price, $2.99. Mail order has it for just $1.49 which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang, for the SpidermanCrawlspace.com. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.